Welcome to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida, on a nice June evening. Want to, uh, it's our first podcast in a couple of weeks. We've had a lot of uh, interesting stuff going on in the world here these last two or three weeks. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of that stuff. We're going to, we're going to, Hit some highlights on the, you know, the NFL. We're going to hit the Major League Baseball uh, dispute involving the owners and the players. And can we stop fighting about the dough, please, and play some baseball? Uh, Mike, you've been watching. We're going to bring in Michael Banks, my buddy in Alabama, a regular contributor to the, to the podcast. Mike, are you ready to break down the KBO uh, fantasy fantasy statistics from the KBO? Yes, please. Uh, let, let's get let's get into that uh, immediately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's must-watch TV up in the Birmingham, Alabama household on the uh, Spectrum Cable up there. The five, the four, the four thirty in the morning, uh, first pitch. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I've foregone work for the rest of my life so I can wake up early and watch uh, the Korean baseball organization. Yes, Carl Ravitch, uh, Eduardo Perez, and company leading the coverage <laughs> <laughs> on the early morning edition as you lead into Good Morning America. Yeah, you got to be pretty desperate to watch to wake up that early to watch the Korean League. Yes, Korea. There's there's actually some a couple major leaguers that are uh, recognizable names that are playing over there. We'll, we'll, but yeah. uh, there's actually a guy from Tampa, Preston Tucker, I believe, is playing over there. Plant High School graduate. Got a got a couple of uh, got a couple of Detroit Tigers that are former Detroit Tigers playing over there right now. I got gotcha. you. All right, so we're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk some Major League Baseball. We're going to talk the NBA's kind of rollout plan in Orlando. We'll mention the NHL's kind of made out there, made their any their 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 plans kind of known of what they're going to do. And uh, you know, obviously, there's uh, we're going to talk about his out roll tide roll. Michael's going to be our reporter. Had a couple of uh, instant. We had a couple cases of COVID breakout with the, with the uh, the fellows up with Nick, Nikki Saban and company. So we're going to talk about that and uh, as as the colleges are getting back to summer workouts and all that stuff. So welcome to the show, Mike. It's been a been a, been a month been a little while since we chatted. So what's going on? Everything anything everything good up in Birmingham? Yeah, we're all good here. Uh, still healthy. Still uh, pretty much on the same plan, except for the uh, obviously the. Uh, kind of rolling everything back out slowly, but uh, you know, some of the restaurants are opening here. I know I don't know where we're at uh, compared to the rest of the country, but I, uh, you know, I was shocked really... you guys weren't ahead of the curve. I mean, many people yeah. up there thought it was a hoax and all that, but you guys seem to be <laughs> slow in opening up back up well, restaurants and all that stuff. We're at Tampa down here in Florida, we've been. They've been pretty much open for the last three weeks or so, and it's uh, getting more and more capacity. Bars are open, hair salons, tattoo parlors, the casinos open down here. So it's pretty much it's business as usual down here. Yeah, you know, well, we were we were the last one of the last states to start closing. So, and then we were going to be one of the first ones to open up, and then uh, all of a sudden it just. You know, they they basically said, "Well, let let's let's uh, let's slow slow our roll a little bit and, and stopped it." So, um, the I, venerable leadership of one K Ivy up there in the state of the great state of Alabama. If you want to call it uh, leadership, that's <laughs> fine with me. But that's your opinion. Montgomery's finest. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, try to steer clear of the. Um, we're gonna be unlike the Howard Stern show right now and steer clear of the politics. Yes, yes, yes. 
Yeah, speaking of the Paul uh, Howard Stern show, it's all good, good, good Stern thology. I know you're a big Stern guy, and you like to keep up with the with the episodes and Stern thought. That's all good Stern thology about with with one Paul Anka. I listened to that Saturday. Yes, I finally got around to it. Yeah, it was pretty good. He was quite the uh, the ladies' man, <laughs> and I, apparently I, still is. I enjoyed the stories of him and uh, Sinatra and Sammy Davis in the steam room. Yes, and apparently I didn't. I didn't realize this that Mr. Anka was the one that wrote the uh, the, the song for Sinatra. What's it? My, My way. way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, he was the author of that, and uh, he he yeah. he thought old Blue Eyes would be the perfect guy to sing it, and probably made both of those guys millions of dollars that song. So, yeah. Mr. Anka, it was good. I hadn't seen a good Paul Anka interview in quite some time. I didn't know he was that uh, active in the, uh, in the in the in the recording. I know he was a big uh, Vegas guy back in the day. He used to go to Vegas all the time, and he was one of the original guys that went to Vegas. But Anka, Mr. Anka's had a very lively and very active career in the in the, in the between the sheets. It sounds like, <laughs> especially when the one guy calls in and says, "Yeah, my mother said she had an affair with you." Or <laughs> the guy said that he yeah. had a she had a chance encounter with Paul Anka, my yeah. mom, back in the day. Yeah, he said. Uh, uh, Stern said, "Maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're his dad." <laughs> That's right. And Paul with a with a good spry laugh. Yeah, you can you can you can uh, download that on the Sirius XM app. Yes, for all you Sirius subscribers. All right, so let's get to the NFL. Kind of the lots of news coming out of the NFL the last couple weeks with uh, you know the Drew Brees controversy, you know statements about Kaepernick and the flag and all that stuff, and then uh, some of the backlash. Your thoughts about? How how Breeze handled the the, the the original statement, how you know the backlash he took from his teammates and people from around the league, and how he handled kind of the the retract you know the backpedaling a little bit to kind of get in line as far as un- agreeing that he needs to understand the topic better and that he that he claims he's moving in that direction. Uh, I thought that uh, I thought that he really should not have said anything to begin with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, right now it's just it's a very volatile time, and if you're, um, I'm shocked that guys that are you know just to be blunt, white guys are expounding their opinions. Yes, if the opinion's not in support of what's been going on here lately, uh, the, I'm just very surprised yeah. that guys like that are even going to voice their opinion. They can think it whatever they want to think, but when you voice that opinion. There's going to be backlash if it is just a kind of a off the wall opinion or off the, you know, that's not very informed. You're going to take a heat heat. And especially for a guy like Breeze, who's been in the league and is so media savvy for him to do that. I'm just very surprised. Yeah. You kind of you, you, you explained it a lot better than I could or than I did. Uh, I, I agree. I think that and, and like you said, white guys that on either side of the, the coin, whichever side it may be. You just got to be careful because I think that you can also come across, even if you're in support, if you can also come across, you know, like uh, the actress Leah Michelle. She 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 came across. I don't know if you heard about that, but you know, I she, did not. She tweeted something out like Black Lives Matter and everything. And then, man, she got nailed because all these people like I think one of her former co-stars who who is who is black said, you know, you treated me like dirt when I was on the cat or on the set and 
and all these people. I mean, she just took a massive hit. So I think you just got to be careful. I mean, yes, if you support that cause, by all means, you need, you know, being silent is not the way to go, but you got to be careful how you say things. And, and, and like you said, for Breeze, who has been in the league for so long and kind of should have known better than to, to say something like that, especially. And he, uh, and he plays in a city that is so predominantly diverse, right. has such a big uh, black population. You would just, you know, I'm just shocked that he, that he would just openly come out and be so open about saying what he said. And, right. you know, he backtracked a little bit and all that stuff. And he's, and he's, he and the president have got into it a little bit on social media as far as, you know, the president made a couple comments and then Breeze responded. But I mean, he took a beat. He, he took a major hit in his own locker room with Malcolm Jenkins yeah. and Mike Thomas and, yeah. you know, all the, I mean, anybody, it doesn't matter his locker room and every other locker room, but I mean, just very surprising that Breeze would, would voice that opinion. Whether it's what he thinks or not, who knows? But I'm just surprised he would voice that opinion in this, in this, uh, you know, in that form. Yeah, I agree, and I think, I think his, like you said, when I saw that the that the teammates were kind of, you know, rallying against him for for the most part. I know Davenport stuck up for him, and that was about it. But that that's when you knew, like, okay, he's in some serious hot water here because he you can't lose that locker. Room. I mean, that's. And it will be very interesting to see how they how they respond once they all get back together at training camp and they're around each other every day. Because I mean that was a, that's a championship made team. Yep, they're contending. I mean, and that kind of stuff can divide a locker room in a heartbeat. It'll be very interesting to see how they how they react to all yep. that as as a, you know from a team chemistry perspective and all that. And I mean, they have a lot of veteran players and a lot of strong personalities in that locker room. It'd be very, like I said, with Jenkins and Mike Thomas and some of those guys, it'll be but, very interesting to see how, how, how uh, Sean Payton and company handle all that. But especially Jenkins is, you know, one of the guys that was really leading that cause. Sure. Philadelphia. Three, three, four years ago, you know, and he's been more, one of the more outspoken advocates and really trying to, uh, you know, get things done from a, from a uh, action perspective, yeah, yeah, action and political perspective. So, so yeah, you know, uh, I I don't know if you watched his uh, his video on Twitter right afterwards. He was very disappointed, but you know, it seems they seem to have made up in the press. So, uh, yeah, so it'll be it'll be a, we'll it'll be it that environment when they all get in the locker room together when they're in front of each other. I think it's going to be, and that's uh, you know, that that could that's the type of thing that can, you know, go from being a 12 and four kind of team to an eight and eight team real quick when it yeah, comes he, to effort level and just commitment to each other and all the things that make a championship team. Yeah. It could, it could go either way. You could either, it could wreck the team. It could bring them closer together. You never know how, it, right. you know, it could, it could go either way. And uh, hopefully for the saints and their fans that it, it brings them closer together. And like you said, you, you got a team that's what been three, three plays away, essentially getting their hearts ripped out three, Years in a row for three yeah. years in a row, you know. So, a team that was has been right there on the on the verge of of getting getting to the big game and, and yep. just can't get over that yep. hump. But, um, they like you said, they got the pieces in place now. They they got after dark down there. Uh, you got uh, one Emmanuel there. Sanders, by the way. That's right. So, uh, some help for Thomas. Um, yep. Uh, you got 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 some got some pieces in place. So. Yep. All right. All right. So our boy Roger Goodell, he came out with a pretty strong statement from the league's perspective. Um, 
I think it was Friday, last Friday. I think it was either Friday or Saturday. He put out a, they put out a video, a real strong, uh, you know, supportive of, you know, all the stuff going on in the, in the country as far as the protesting and all that and their commitment to make things better in their league. The one question you have is you haven't really heard from any owners, specific owners, as far as, hey, we are doing this, this, and this in our town. And I think that's kind of the next step that, you you know, you, if you watch TV and you see some of these players, the players want to see the owners make a commitment and, and put in some put put in action some things from a town to town perspective that's going to help support the cause the, the cause of equality and justice and all that stuff. So I think that's going to be the next step is will the will individual owners of these teams come out and, and and other than writing a check, other than voicing something, doing something, some action. And Shad uh, is already leading that cause. I, I can I've from what I can tell down in Jayville. Uh, uh, which obviously he is a minority uh, owner, right? Um, a minority, an owner that is a minority, ra- rather not a minority owner. But um, so, and like yeah. you said, well, they want the, the. I think the public and the players in the league want to see the white guy owner, right? The, the older the, white guy, right? Yeah, the old, the, the Robert Crafts and the Jeffrey Jim Lurie's Trump's. and those kind of guys make come out and with some action. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, and and especially in those areas, like you said, like. Philly, uh, Dallas, uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, uh, New England, those, those areas that are, you know, either have a, a lot of issues with racism or, you know, like a, like a new green Bay, area. a place like green, green Bay, Bay. That's very white. Yeah. So which, you know, green Bay, it's going to be tough for the the one owner to come to come. Yeah. Uh, I got <laughs> you. Obviously. But, but yeah, I mean, especially, you know, in, in the, in the major urban areas, I mean, it, it's, it's also a big deal because uh, a place like Minnesota, even Minneapolis with all the, you know, right. the terrible stuff in Minneapolis. I mean, the Wolf, the Wolf family, I mean, that's, that's a pretty, uh, pretty white area. And like I said, that's, that will be the epicenter. You'll see, you know, that would be the kind of organization you'd want to see make some major action. Um, you know, the, the New York, the New York franchises with the Maras and the, and the jets uh, right. places like Washington with Daniel Snyder, Jerry Jones in Dallas. Those are the people you want to hear from. Right. The heavyweight owners in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Yeah, and and I think and to, to to Goodell's credit, I think he's done a pretty good job of of leading on this topic. I think he probably even three or four years ago was probably in support of the, what Kaepernick did, and that. But he was kind of hamstrung, I think, and I don't know this. I would bet he was somewhat hamstrung by his fellow owner, and he's not an owner, but the guys that he works for. Saying, "Hey, Rod, we don't we don't want this to become a, you know, we we want you to take this line of thinking, and this is how we want the league to respond." Where I think Roger now is to the point where he not that he doesn't care, but he really wants to express, I think, his personal some more of his personal personality relative to this issue. So, I think I you saw some. I think you saw some of that in that video. I agree with that. I I, I completely agree with you there. I, I think that, you know. Every, everything for three, four years ago was all about what are we going to do? We're going to lose fans. We're, our TV ratings are going down. We got to. Right. It was economics out. back then. Right. And now I think they're looking at it and saying, look, we're we're going to take a hit, but we'll be OK. I mean, uh, you know, the NFL and this, and this the will NFL's actually not, this will probably help their popularity if they are on the if they do plenty of good things right. on this topic. This right. will just make their product that much more popular. Right. And you 
you know, I, 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 I'll tell you this. It wouldn't matter what these guys did if they they went on strike or whatever it did. As long as I'm still playing fantasy football, I'm going to be paying attention to the NFL. That's all. Or there if there's an it. opportunity to gamble on the games and all that kind right. of stuff. I mean, so so you're not you're not losing all that just because of some things. People aren't quit. Not that you know, not not to the degree that it's going to cost you billions of dollars. You're you're making billions right. of dollars, and you're going to keep making billions of dollars. So so I agree. The owners need to step up and and get on board with this. Uh, you know, and 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 do the right thing here. Whether whether or not they think it's going to hurt their bottom line or not, I don't think it. I don't think it's going to hurt it as much as they they fear it will. And it's the right thing to do. You know, the bottom line is whether forget the money. Getting on this side of the topic is the right thing to do. You know, in and the, the other end. the other thing, you know, the other I think the other thing you talk about the owners kind of giving him pre- pressure a few years ago. You also have to remember uh, the president gave him a lot of grief uh three or four years ago but that was when the president was in the start of the term right not what could be the end of the term and i think that now everybody's like look especially goodell is saying well we're gonna run our league the way we're gonna run our league and i don't need any help from from a uh you know from, from the donald from the donald right yeah we're, we're good without your help uh um and, and and if anything we we see how you ran a, a professional sports team and and didn't do so well with it so <laughs> usfl yeah we'll we'll handle our own so right yeah. so just some very uh like i said very interesting uh last couple of weeks as far as you know protesting good bad and there's been some very very good scenes and positive things and there's been a couple of ugly things so uh you know just just ha- let's all have a little respect for each other. I mean, I know it's hard sometimes because people, we all come from different worlds and we've all had different experiences and all that, but you know, try to be as nice as you can to people when it's, when it's possible and, and all that good stuff. So, but uh, any thoughts, you know, I, I do have to share one good thing. My man, Mr. Gronkowski today, we had a local high school here in Tampa. Who's, who's uh, equipment shed in, in, in this high school is not in a, in a is, is in an economically depressed area of town. Their high school burnt uh, their their equipment shed burnt down about three weeks ago or so uh, with a fire, just an unexpected fire, and all their football equipment and stuff burned. Literally everything they had, and they didn't have much, but everything they had burned. And I mentioned it on my radio show a couple weeks ago. We were trying to get some support in the community. Well, we, my bo- my boy Gronkowski and the Buccaneers Foundation t- today it came out with a with a video and a tweet that Gronkowski and the Bucks are going to finance and replace everything they lost in the fire so uh good for blake high school and again these guys don't sometimes get enough good press when they do these kind of good things so big props to gronkowski and the buccaneers organization for stepping up and helping out this team that was in need because they're i mean help down here we all start football practice they actually can start their workouts next week so uh and and real practice starts in first of august so good for them that's awesome. Was that right after he lost the twenty four seven belt <laughs> in the backyard? I'd have to I'd have to look at the timeline on that. I'm not quite sure. I've been keeping up with the twenty four seven champion in WWE, but <laughs> <laughs> who who pin, somebody pinned him in the backyard for the twenty four seven belt? Yeah, with it with a uh, with a roll up pin. You know, it, was, it was very convincing. And, uh, <laughs> I must have know, missed that Twitter clip. He definitely did not know it was coming. You know, it was completely complete shock that the guy just showed up in his backyard. So as I was uh, as I was finishing up the uh, the Blue Blazer Owen Hart uh, Vice series finale, yeah. which was pretty good, by the way. Yeah, this uh, I, I haven't 
I'm actually on the Dino Bravo episode six right now, so I'm almost <laughs> almost caught up. But this, that series is is wonderful. That is good. So for the, you wrestling fans out there, check out on Vice TV the Dark Side of the Ring. It's a it's like a 10, 10 or eleven episode season. It's an hour long episode on these different facets of the wrestling world. It, they've they've done some good stuff the last two years. Yeah, you, yeah I think yeah. you're the one that got me onto that. I don't think I was on, yeah. I missed the se- first season and I was able to catch up. But you're the one that co- yeah. got me onto that. Yeah, good. I watched. I watched the first season last year and it was just like, wow, the, you know, I think what drew me to it, I saw a tw- uh, Twitter post and it was with, uh, it was a, the first episode of the first season was about uh, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. And I've always been fascinated with that whole story. And it is a, a pretty, pretty interesting story. And uh, they had a couple other, they had a, the Montreal screw job for the, for those Hitman Hart. Bret Hart. Oh yeah. They've had some great ones. Yeah. Dino then, Bravo one's really good. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm on right now. So yeah, uh, they've had some. Uh, they've had some good. They've done some. They've done a really good job with that series. A lot of a uh, lot of uh, Jimmy. A lot of Jimmy Cornette cameos with, yes. in, 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 as well as uh, my man Chris Jericho, who's from Tampa. He, who is who is the narrator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jericho's the narrator, and a lot of Jim Cornette, a lot of J, a lot of Jr. Jim JR. Ross. Yeah. A lot of that, and uh, so yeah, so it's good, really good series. If you if you if you're into the wrestling world back in the day, especially '80s, '90s, 2000s yeah. stuff, lots of good stuff there. So definitely, definitely check that out. One of as we're on the documentary chat, I'm going to give you one more documentary. I think that I saw last week was really good. Two, I think it was on Amazon Prime. Two hour, two hour synopsis of the Texas A&M bonfire accident from 20 years ago. When the bonfire collapsed yeah. and twelve people lost, twelve kids on campus lost their lives. They did a great two. They did a great uh, two-hour documentary on that whole the whole incident. People that passed away, a couple survivors, incredible stories about a couple survivors, and just the whole you know, how the university handled it and things they did were you know didn't do well and all. It was just very very good. If, if you guys remember twenty years ago. Right before the Texas game, 20, 1999, the, there's a b- huge bonfire tradition at AM. The bonfire collapsed. Again, a bunch of people, unfortunately, lost their lives, but it's a great story. Yeah, I have, to, I have to check that out. You said that's on Amazon Prime? I think it's Prime. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Prime. It was it was really good. It was a two-hour deal. It was really good. Really, really good. All right, so let's transition to baseball. I know <laughs> sport you uh, you follow pretty, pretty religiously is from a fantasy perspective and stuff. Yeah. All right, so we're still fighting, freaking the owners and the players, still fighting over percentages and prorated salaries and all that crap, how many <laughs> games are going to get played. And instead of it being an opportunity for them to be at the forefront of the recovery and the and the, the reinstitution of sports, they are going to be the clowns of this uh, whole operation here when they don't come to an agreement or something or when they decide to play 50 games, which will be a joke. They will be a disaster in the American media. And with the public and the fans, your thoughts, Major League Baseball. Are you on one side or the other <laughs> on this argument? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm more on the player side than I am the owner side. I mean, you're basically talking about billionaires arguing with millionaires. Um, you know, the, the players proposed the 89 game season with full prorated pay and the 16 team postseason today. Uh, if I, you know, if I had to choose, I'm, I'm more on the player side because. Uh, you know, you're talking about some so guys. You think you think the guy should get paid however no. many the prorated ratio in full of however many games they end up playing. So if they play 80 games, you think every guy should get paid 50 percent of their salary? 
I, I think that they should get paid more than what that first pr- proposal was. Okay. My, my, my whole thing is, uh, look, I, I, I agree. It's ridiculous that you're, you're bickering over, over this, but I do look at the, I look at, I'm not talking about the Mike Trouts and the, and the, uh, you know, the pool holsters and the guys that are making, you know, 20 plus million dollars a right. year. I'm not talking about them, but I'm talking about the guys that are, are not, or maybe are in their last year of their deal. And, and that are making the three or 4 million bucks a year, or even right. the guys that are making minimum wage, which is like right. five fifty or something like that. Yeah. And which I know everybody says, well, that's a lot more than I'm making. It's a lot more than I'm making. Uh, but if, if I have a contract that calls for something, I, I, I'm going to want it. I'm going to want it. I, I, you know, but like I said, if you if if I had to choose, I'd be more on the player side than I am the owners. But that's because I guess the the players have less money than the owners. Um, but the whole ba- the whole point of the thing is, like, figure something out and and just and do it. Like you said, the NBA has figured it out. The NHL has figured it out. Freaking NASCAR has figured it out. Golf has figured it out. Right. The NFL, I mean, I just, I, I, football, everybody is ready to go except for baseball. I mean, here, here, and I'm not going to take a different, completely different view, but I'm going to say back in March, the owners basically told the players association, Tony Clark, Hey, Tony, we're, if we don't have, if we can't have fans, we're going to have to renegotiate the prorated salary of, of, of how we're going to pay you guys because we yeah. don't, if we don't have any fans. And the player Tony Clark agreed to that. It was it was leaked in writing and emails that he agreed to all that stuff. And apparently Tony Clark did not tell the players that he had agreed to that. You know, your boy Blake Snell came out and had some comments and some other people, Bryce Harper. And apparently Tony Clark did a lousy job communicating to his players that, yeah, guys, we agree. I agreed to that back in March that if there was no fans going to be allowed in the stands, that we were going to have to renegotiate the prorated uh, salary. So, so I'm down on Tony Clark. For now yeah. trying to go back after the fact and say, well, no, you know, we still we're, we're we're either getting full pro rate or we're not playing. I agree with that. That that's a good point. I I can I see that. And and like I said, I see where the owners are coming from. I mean, if you don't make any money, I mean, I'm a I'm a partial season ticket holder for the Braves, and they've already refunded me uh, almost a third of my money, and and still have uh, the month of June left to go at least. Right. So, they're having to give this money back to these fans that they're, you know, that they were expecting corporate while, sponsorship money. I mean, all right. that money, the only money yeah. TV. I mean, I don't think they've been, they may not have been paid TV money yet. Yeah. Sessions is where the money is. Merchandising. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. I mean, and, and again, I'm not feeling a pity party for the owners. Cause again, a lot of them are, are super wealthy, but there are a lot of those owners that are, that are not billionaires. I mean, I mean, it's city. Yeah. I mean, some of these mo- small market teams, the payroll is just so, I mean, and granted, they're still making money. Nobody's saying they're not making any money, but they're not making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. I mean, the, the, I can promise you the Rays are not making a boatload of money. The Royals, the A's, the, you know, those kind of teams that are Brewers. just. Yeah. Even, yeah. I mean, but like, especially the teams that have the outdated stadiums that are having stadium <laughs> issues. Yeah. Those teams are not making buku money on, on, uh, you know, t- uh, local TV deals, uh, sweet sales, those kind of things. People aren't spending all that kind of money in, in a rundown stadium. And, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Dodgers, I don't feel sorry for them because those guys are making them. Yeah, those guys are the billionaires. But some of these other teams, you know, they're just not making. And I get it. I mean, the owners have probably fudged on some of their finances over the years. I get that because they don't want the, you know, and I get all that. But 
for the players to say we're not going to even budge off of a prorated number, that's just that's just that's just terrible for their PR, and it's a terrible position to take because if you can't suck it up and take a let's just say let's say they only made forty percent of their money to play eighty play half the games. If you're not willing to take a little bit of a haircut because the owners are taking a haircut with no fans, no ticket sales, whether you like the owners or not, they're taking a they're taking a hit there. And if you're the players and you say we're not doing that, we're not going to even budge off of that. That's that to me. That's just piss poor. Yeah, and like and I like you said, I I, I I'm more thinking about the 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 lower the lower echelon of the players, the, yep. the guys that that you know. Those guys are the ones I'm thinking about. The ones that are, you know, could, yep. could lose a year of service time off of this thing and then not get re-signed next year, and then their their career is over with because of this. Those are the ones I'm thinking of. Not not the billionaire players. I'm not looking at the Trouts Trout. and the Pujols and the Garrett Mike, Coles of the world. Mike Trout, Garrett Cole, they're going to be making their money for the next, you know, 13 years. They're they're fine. I'm not worried about them. Bryce and Hart, remember, Bryce. these contracts are guaranteed. So, yes. granted. I mean, if a guy's got a multi-year contract and you only make 40% of your money this year, you're getting 100% of it next year when you play games. Right. As long as there's fans in the stands, right. you're going to make the 100%. I mean, whereas in the NFL, the NFL where this stuff's not guaranteed, I could understand the NFL taking that position, the players. But when you're guaranteed every dollar of your contract, I just have a hard time having a, a whole lot of sympathy for the players when they're they're unwilling to budge off the number at all. Yeah, I mean, they, they do need to... Uh, like I said, I would take I, if I had to. I'd take I, I more take the player side. However, I agree with you on that part. I think that they do need to move, move more, and, and be able and be more flexible because right now you're at risk of not only losing this season, but you could be at risk of losing next year, and then you're going to be losing fans that is going to hurt your bottom line, especially these players like Mookie Betts or these players that are about to make the big money. Sure. That you're going to hurt your bottom line for because hey, when contract comes comes call time comes calling next year, well, I'm sorry we can't afford it because we didn't make any money this year because we had to right. pay, pay all these other players. So and, and one thing people don't people got to remember the labor agreement ends at the end of the 2021 year. So yeah. and there's a lots of speculation yeah. that there's going to be a strike of some sort going into 2022. So if yeah. you don't, they're going to play a 50 game schedule minimum. But if you play a 50 game schedule this year. That will be a joke of a season, and you will lose a lot of fans who will pay no attention to Major League Baseball with only a 50-game schedule. I don't care who you root for. You're not going to be all in invested in a 50-game schedule. No, I mean, 50 games, to put that in perspective for fans that might not follow baseball, you play 50 games in the first two months of the year. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. If, If the season had started on time in March, at the end of March, we'd already be past the 50 game mark right now. Right. We would we we would be way past the fifty game mark. So you're saying essentially, uh, what what we play in April and May, and that's it, and and, and then you're going to do a sixteen team playoff, <laughs> right? And the commissioner and the com- and people don't people don't realize the commissioner has full autonomy to make this. He can make the schedule fifty games if he wants to. He has that power to do that. And that's if they don't come to an agreement, that's what they're going to play. They're going to play fifty games, and the players are going to get a full prorated salary for fifty games, which is less than thirty percent. So the owners are not going to play a bunch of more games to pay the to pay the players a full hundred percent of their salary. They're not going to do that. They'll play fifty games. It will be a joke of a season. 
the and and it won't have any validity any you know when it comes to records and all that kind of stuff it's just going to be it's going to be a bad stain on the commissioner as well the commissioner is going to not come out of this unscathed if they only play 50 games that will be a major mark on the commissioner as well as the players and they're going to lose a lot of fans and a lot of you know corporate support and things like that going into 20 and there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to play a full schedule next year either because of the you don't know what the fan situation is going to be in the stands right and and do you, I mean, I, you know, as a Braves fan, I still have to hear people all the time when, you know, say, well, your only, only championship you ever won was in a strike shortened year, which it wasn't, it wasn't 50 games, but can you imagine when your team wins the title in the 50 game season, it's going to have a huge asterisk yep. next to it. And, like, and the sad part is that they play 80 games. People would think that's a legitimate season given the circumstances Yeah, under they, they would, they would respect that. Sure. It wouldn't be ideal, but 80 games would give the season legitimacy and you would respect the champion. Um, you know, there wouldn't be any, well, you know, they only played 50 games. They had two hot weeks and they won the division. You know, playing 50 games, if you have a one bad 10-day stretch, you go one and nine or two and eight, your season's probably over. Yeah, you have no time to catch up. I mean, I mean there's just not the, yeah, I mean, the same games, deal. 80 games is what you normally get to the last part of June because, you know, everybody knows – or that doesn't know the 162 game schedule, the all-star breaks at the beginning of July. And yep. that's, that's not the exact halfway point, but it's, you know, the traditional halfway yep. point. Fourth and, of July, and, right around the fourth yeah. of July. And usually you're hitting your halfway mark a, about a week or so before that. So that's yep. an 80 game seasons, about a half, it's a half a season, a, you know, give or take a game. And, Yet you can't come to, to agreement over over what you're like you're saying extra an extra thirty games, <laughs> which is a which is a I mean, month. You, they 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 better come to an agreement in the next probably I would say seven days because if they don't come to an agreement in seven days, they're still going to need probably three weeks of spring training Easily. before they can even start the number of games they're going to play. So they, I mean, if they have a chance to play eighty, they better come to an agreement. I've heard today you know the rumblings of a seventy five game season. I can live with that. If you negotiate the seventy-five and everybody takes a little haircut on the money, great. People would people could live with that. It's not ideal, but people would live with that. But if you if the commissioner has to end up instituting a fifty-game schedule, it will be a major black eye on all parties involved. Well, about, and you know, talking about the the time period about the you know the next seven days, right now they had the perfect opportunity to get in there and start games on the fourth of July. You're talking about the nation's holiday. You're talking right. about the, you know, Americana, baseball and everything. You start back on July 4th. It's a big deal. Everybody's off. It's a it's a Saturday this year. And you would have July the entire sports landscape. You'd have the entire sports landscape to yourself. Yes. NBA's not starting and hockey's not starting until the end of July. You would have right. a three week period where you were the only yep. game in town playing every single night. Yeah. Yeah. And you have that opportunity. And right now you're you're pissing it away. So absolutely. Absolutely. So I mean, I know there's a lot of smart people on both sides of that, of that, of that man. But, but they again back to awareness. There doesn't seem to be a lot of social awareness no. about <laughs> people struggling, people out of work, people need some some hope and some entertainment and that kind of stuff. And 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 again, back to the PR. They could be the the symbol of the recovery by being the first sport back playing. And they would have, they'd have the whole sports landscape to themselves for for two to three weeks if they if they would have their stuff together, um, and, and and like you said, started on the Fourth of July weekend would have been a perfect rollout day to start, uh, and all that stuff. So please, yeah. people, get your shit together and let's 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 go, man. 
Let's uh, swing a bat. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let me. Jeez. Speaking of that, I had Matt Joyce on my on my uh, radio show a couple weeks back. Former Tampa, Tiger Tampa, Yes. Tampa's finest, Matt Joy. You know what we talked about with Matt? I said, Matt, you you were part of two of the most incredible sport baseball events in the his, literally in the history of the game. He was a part of the ten run first inning for, by the Cardinals last year in Game Five, playing for the Braves. Yeah, and he was also part of the Ray the, when the Rays won on the last night of the regular season. Remember eight years ago when all those funky things happened on the last night yeah. of the regular season? Yeah. The Rays were down seven nothing to the Yankees in the eighth inning, had to win the game. They they win the game in the twelfth inning. Longoria hits a walk off homer in the twelfth. They win eight seven. He was a part of that game when the Red Sox lost and all these crazy things were happening on the last night of the regular season and the Rays got in the playoffs like in 2012. Everybody lots of people in the world think that was the best night of regular season baseball in the history of the game. Joyce was a part of both of those events and I asked him about that and he was like, "Yeah, man. That Braves stuff, man, that was unbelievable." And yeah, it was just, you know, I prefer not to remember it, but thank you very much for bringing it up. Bro, I remember I mean, I remember I remember in my just dude Five o'clock. It was a five o'clock start. The sun was still out, and people, dude, weren't you at? Were you supposed to go to that game? <laughs> I was going to that game. I had, uh, I had my, I had postseason tickets for the Braves all the way through. If they went to the World Series, I had the whole, the whole sheet, <laughs> and I, I went to Game One. I sold Game Two, and I was going to Game Five. And I said, you know what? I can make a good amount of money off these. I think I'll sell them. And thank God I did. <laughs> Cause if I would have, if I would have turned down an extra $200 for tickets that I paid $60 for, yep. I would have been sick to my stomach to watch to, I mean, to, to be leaving in the first, first half inning. <laughs> 10, nothing down 10, nothing. Thanks yeah, I was, on, I, I was on my way home from work. Uh, um, I couldn't even get home. I, I left a little early so I could get home to watch it because it was only, you know, it was on at four o'clock here. And yep. so I was like, I was like, I'll, I'll leave a little early. I'll get home about top of the second. I'll be good to watch the whole game. And by the time I got home, I didn't care to even turn it on. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah Joyce, um, Joyce was in the, uh, played for Florida Southern in the yep. national two. champions. Yeah. Division two. When I, uh, he, he was there when I was, my first year at the Gulf South Conference, which was Division Two, and I was the baseball contact there. And Florida Southern plays, you know, they played in the Sunshine State Conference, or they do, and they play a lot of, they played a lot of GSC teams back in the day. And UT, so, yeah, UT's a powerhouse. Yeah, UT, Division Florida Two, Southern, Barry College, uh, Rollins, all, uh, all those schools. So, uh, Lynn University. But yeah, uh, Florida Southern, I remember Joyce went, uh, I, re- I remember Joyce from the, from that from that time period when I was working for the conference office as as a college. Player. Yep, yep, yeah. And like I said, he went to your he went to your Tigers for a year or two, and then uh, he got traded to the Rays, uh, and then got you know he's played for three or four teams. So he's with the Marlins now. So uh, yeah, we had a really good thirty minute chat with Matt. So that was that was awesome. All right. So before we get to the NBA, I'm going to tell you my my story this week. I was uh, driving a little Uber this week, a couple hours on. S- I think it was Sunday, Sunday night, maybe something like that. Um, I, I, I get, I get, I get a buzzer on my thing, and the thing says Dare, D A R E. Like, hmm, that's that's an interesting name. So I go to this apartment complex, and I see the guy walk into the back of the car, gets in the car, and I go, "Who's the only Dare I know?" 
it's your boy, which I think you you or somebody in our league had on the team. One Dare Ungabuale, the running oh, back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, the fullback? No, he was, he's a running back. He's like a he's third not, down guy. Oh, he's okay. a third down guy. Ungabuale, and I know somebody in our league picked him up at some point last year as a drop ad move, but Mr. <laughs> Ungabuale jumps in the in the car and I I take him to where he's going and and uh, we have a good chat and uh you know who his sister is? I do which not. I knew this but I, I brought it up to him. Remember he his sister You told him who his sister was? <laughs> I didn't. I said I said I said I said you got your your I said I asked this I asked him where his sister was playing cuz the sister's in the WNBA. Oh, okay. His sister was the girl at Notre Dame two years ago or three years ago that hit the two game-winning jump shots in the Final Four in the championship game. Against Mississippi State. Yep, the girl that hit the fadeaway for Notre Dame, back-to-back games, that's his sister. Wow. Yep, yep, and he's from – they're both from Milwaukee, and I was asking him where she's at, and she's in the – I think he said he she plays for Dallas in the WNBA, and, you know, we just – real cool guy, real nice guy. I'm going to get him on the radio show. He was very – I said, hey, you want to get on the radio show? Yeah, man, anytime. Here's my number. So I'm getting him on the radio show in a couple – before they go to training camp, and – you know, just talk about, uh, you know, this life. And he's got an interesting stories from Nigeria. He played at Wisconsin. So I'll, I'll be interested to hear kind of his story of how he got to Madison and, you know, the transition from Nigeria to the States and all that stuff. So, uh, and we also had another mutual person. One of the coaches for, for the Bucks, one Rick Christoffel, used to be a coach of mine at UAB when I played at UAB back in the 90s. He was the offensive coordinator for, for Watson Brown. Well, Christophel's the tight ends coach for the Bucks, so uh, yeah, I mentioned to him that I, you know, I played in ball in college and that you know played with Christophel. He goes, "Oh yeah, Coach Rick. Yeah, I know. Yeah, old Coach Rick. Yep. <laughs> so that was that was pretty, we had a pretty good little we had a good little ride. So that was fun. Nice, Mister Mister Dare. Though no though no tip from Dare. That was I I wasn't excited. Pewter wasn't excited about that. Come on, dog. Wow. Th- throw a little tip on there with for the Uber, bro. Come on. <laughs> maybe he maybe he hasn't uh, completed the ride yet. No, he. Oh, that's true. I doubt it's been several days. I think. I oh, think okay. that. I think that ship sailed. <laughs> it's wow, been a couple of days. That's rough for an NFL player. That's uh, all right, man. I mean, he. I mean, I'll give him credit. He wasn't coming out of the. I mean, it was a decent apartment complex, but it wasn't no high rise. I mean, it wasn't no top of the line. So I mean, he's. He, so hopefully, he's saving his money, spending Lincoln less on. League minimum is still six figures. Fella. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's making. <laughs> oh, he's making. He's probably making at least a half mil a year. So good for him, man. My man Dari fighting for the fighting for the uh, the the third down spot roster spot this year. Good special teams guy, third down guy. So now now that uh, the barber, the Brutus the barber is gone. The barber's up in D.C. now. So they got they got Rojo, they got Dari, and they got a guy they drafted out of Vanderbilt. My man Keyshawn Vaughn. So I think those are probably be the three guys I th- would think in the backfield for the, for Tommy B and the Tommy B in the bucks this year. So Devuta wanted, Devuta wanted to come, but he's not wanted apparently. Yeah. No, not, not wanted his pricing. He's trying to price himself out of the league is what he's trying to do. Yeah. He, he thinks he is uh, uh, in Christian McCaffrey territory. He's not quite there anymore. He thinks he's circa 2014 is what he thinks <laughs> when he had some value. All right. So, one more football note: the Bama. I saw there was some Bama COVID uh, diagnoses this this last few days. You got any? You got any info on that? 
And, uh, you know, surprisingly, the the University of Alabama football program has been tight-lipped about this. This, <laughs> this was reported by, by your girl, Simone Eli of CBS 42. Nice. Uh, but uh, five players tested positive. They are they are not giving that out due to the HIPAA privacy laws. Yep. And um, they, which you know, in college they they don't have to. It's not the NFL where you have to report this stuff. And uh, I would not expect uh, I would not expect anything to get to come out uh, publicly. I would if you see anything about it, it's going to it's going to be something that is leaked by a player, probably a, probably a players, player, a player. Is going to leak something. You'll find out the, who the five guys are. Uh, I, I, I'm actually kind of surprised, you know, because this this came out last week, um, I think Thursday, and I'm kind of surprised because I told you know when I when I heard about it, I told my wife, I said this could really impact college football because, um, you know, if these players get it, you're still putting these these players on the same field with each other. I mean. You can only that's, do so much. That's going to be the key thing in this whole deal with college yeah. football. If they end up playing in the fall, is what happens when a team gets struck by 10 or 15, 20 guys get it. Yeah. What are you going to do with that team? Is that team going to then not have – I mean, you're, are they not going to play? Are they just going to get rid of those 20 guys for the quarantine? That's going to be the question that nobody has the answer for until it happens. Yeah. When one of these teams get – there's an outbreak of 10 or 15 guys get it because of all the closeness and all that. That's going to be the million-dollar question: Is how are they going to handle the scheduling and the playing of the games and all that stuff? Yeah, it's really you know, as a Alabama fan, obviously, and a season ticket holder, uh, we we've been promised by the AD that that you know all all season tickets would be refunded depending on you know if, if there was no season or if you know fans were not allowed, whatever it may be. But as a season ticket holder, this was the year that that was going to be very beneficial for this family. <laughs> Uh, because you had you had the Bulldogs of Georgia coming, you had Auburn coming, Texas A and M, um, you know. So it's big, a big it's a big home schedule, big home schedule, and and now you know it looks like I can't imagine them putting a hundred thousand people in a stadium. In, no in way, three no, months. Not not no way. No, I just cannot see it happening. And so, so I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, obviously we'll probably get our money back, but. Um, was was planning on making a little little money and and, and you know that that schedule sell now. I mean, there's no, they're not gonna if they play the games, it's they're not gonna turn around and do it again next. They're year. not changing who they're playing. They're playing yeah. those people. Yeah, that's the, it. The so. only games that probably get that might get bumped if they were to bump a game would be the non-conference uh, against La Tech and the two lanes of the world. Yeah, and in that case, those those programs start uh, declaring bankruptcy, and there goes the the small programs that that rely on yep. these games, these money games. So yeah, this, this thing is really the UABs, the UABs of the world, the Louisiana Lafayette's, the middle Tennessee's of the world yeah. are the ones that get killed at these, if these guarantee games go away this right. year, especially. And I mean, look at, look at, uh, you've already seen a couple of baseball programs had to, sh- you know, have called it quits. Uh, I think Kent state was one. And, uh, um, uh, was um, your boy, your boy, Oral Hershiser saved the bowling green baseball team. I saw that the other day. Bowling Green was well, one, yeah. Well, they, so, they they went away, and then then Hershiser had some did something publicly, and they've raised a bunch of money that they're okay. reinstating baseball. So baseball's back in Bowling Green, thanks to Oral Hershiser. I didn't see that. I, you know, we went through. Uh, we usually go to Michigan every year. Actually, we were supposed to go in the end of May again, 
And on the way back, we go through Bowling Green. Last year when we stopped, they were doing a bunch of construction on the basketball arena and all over the place. So, uh, but yeah. But the non revenues, the non revenue sports are going to get killed if they don't end up playing a full slate of football this year because that, that, those dollars support so many of the non revenue sports, the baseballs, the softballs, the soccers, and the gymnastics of the world. Volleyballs, all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only ones that are going to be okay you know, on your, on your campuses is going to be, is going to be your basketball programs, really. Uh, uh, not that, not that all of them, you know, pay for themselves, but in the major, in the major colleges, the basketball, right. program, they come close, they come close. Uh, especially By the way, speaking of Bama, some strong allegations coming out about the gymnastics program there about some former, former gymnasts, the African-American gymnasts, or uh, about some of the treatment they had by some of the, I don't know if it's the entire staff or a couple of assistants, any word on that? No, I, I, I that's the first I've actually heard of that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'd read something where one of the, one of the play, one of the gymnasts last, you know, from last year's team, you know, was making some allegations that, that they, she was being, you know, der- disparately mistreated by one of the assistants on the staff and all that stuff. So I think that was something that's, it'd be interesting to see what, kind of comes of that. I know there's the issue at Iowa with strength coach uh, got put on leave with some allegations from some players relative to the treatment of them, those guys by that strength coach. So you're going to see more and more of that stuff coming out and you're going to see less and less, uh, uh, you know, you had the Dabo Sweeney incident with a coach back in 2017, made the comp, made a comment in jest at, at a practice and everybody heard it and everybody knew about it and nothing really happened to the guy. So you're going to, with all this, uh, with all the the, uh, the 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 highlighting on the social social justice and justice stuff with uh, the African American community and everybody, you're going to see less and less tolerance for this stuff, especially at the college level with these yeah. coaches and these athletic departments. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I did read a little bit about the Alabama gymnastics thing. I think you know, it was, a, it was somebody that left and shit that said something happened, but. Um, but yeah, the colleges are under a lot of scrutiny right now because you're talking about you're not paying these guys. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, why why do I want to come to your program for, you know, to be treated this way? I can go play somewhere else. So, um, I'm not under contract, you know, might be under scholarship, but uh, I can sit out a year and go play somewhere where I'm wanted and, and not be treated poorly. So that's right. So. Uh, again, coach, there's different level, different, you know, ways of coaching, but you, you, you gotta be respectful in this day. You, you cannot coach and, you know, verbalize and abuse people like you could in the eighties and the nineties when I was playing, you just can't do that anymore. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, you have to adjust your, your, your teaching style and your coaching style to where there ain't, that stuff's just not tolerated anymore. That it, the stuff that used to be tolerated and used to be prevalent in college athletics, just is just not not going to be tolerated anymore. Or as Sal Gouvernali says, prevalent. <laughs> prevalent. All right, let's get to the last topic of the night: the NBA in Orlando. Looks like they're starting July thirty first playing. They're reporting July the seventh. Uh, and you know, you know, the big hassle with the NBA and discussion with the NBA was how many teams were they going to take, and was all thirty teams going to have to go play. And basically, they cut it down. I think it was what twenty one or is it twenty two? Twenty two. Um, twenty two. Yeah. That they basically said anybody that was within, uh, I think, six games of the last playoff spot 
was going to be invited. So I think there was like three or four teams from the Western Conference and one or two teams from the East that were not already in the playoffs. They're going to play eight regular season games to whittle it down to 16, and then they're going to go full full Eastern and Western Conference playoffs just like normal. So uh, one interesting thing is I saw that if they played a game seven in the NBA Finals, the NBA season would not end until October the 12th. How do you think that the players are going to, the, you know, people that make it to the finals potentially being in Orlando for three straight months from basically July 7th through October the 12th. You and I both know Orlando, why water Disney, they, you know, there's, there's the Disney complex, but there's not a ton to do, you know, outside of the magic kingdom when, when you're going to be pretty much locked into Orlando. So to be interesting how those guys handle that. Yeah. There's only so much theme park you can visit before it kind of would, would get, would get old. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that is, not to mention I, the impact it has on next year. You know, I know they've talked about moving next season back to, to December, but that's still only a month and a month off, really. So I think, you know, it's going to it's going to really put next season in, into uh, in a problem mode. Um so, I don't think I, I know they've mentioned de- December first. I don't think there's any way that's going to get approved. I think it'll be. I think the opening. It wouldn't surprise me if the opening was not Christmas Day, because that's a that's a traditional NBA day for them. Right. Um, and you and you they may have to shorten next year because remember, the Olympics are next year in August, so you right. can't play. I mean, you. I'm not saying you can't, but with the Dream Team potentially going to play in the Olympics, you can't. It's not going to be a great look if you're playing basketball during the Olympics, NBA Plus. finals games or playoff games, when you have the you know ten or twelve best guys on the dream team. Could be four or five of those guys playing in the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. Not not only the you're not not just the dream team, but the guys from the other countries that, that are right. I mean, exactly. The NBA's got some some good international players too. I mean, the Doncic's uh, of the world. The the uh, you know the the. God, what's the other guys for the Maverick? What's the other big Porzingis and yeah. all those guys that that are the you're right the international guys that would okay. for sure be the number one starters for their countries and those countries are going to want need those guys to play. Yeah, I mean Croatia couldn't have survived without Tony Kukoc back in the day. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just your boy, just just ask Jerry Krause that. <laughs> just now up to uh, episode six as well on the uh, Last Dance. Oh, you, up on that. Well, you are you are a little behind. You are, but what have what have you been doing? Working. <laughs> you have been. You are behind, brother. Full time job, pal. <laughs> you ain't. I mean, what about the weekends, bro? Weekends are spent cleaning up this house, <laughs> going to the grocery <laughs> store, cooking. Tell the tell the missus I need about a five hour blowout period where I can get caught up. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. To be honest with you, by the time I get home, I'm so freaking tired. I just want to go to bed. Highway 150 Publix can wait, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm catching up. Actually, to be honest with you, one reason I've been waiting on the last dance is because uh, when I recorded the first the first go through, my episode three did not record for some reason. Oh God! So you had to wait. You had to go back and figure out when it when it played again. Yeah. So uh, so then it was supposed to come on like the weekend. Uh, after Memorial Day, but then that's when all the protests happen, and they they preempted it because it's supposed to come back on ABC. But all oh, I got was news coverage. 
Now are you so, now are you going with the with the uh, the curse word version or the or the muted version? Right now I'm just at the point where I'm just like just find me whatever I can watch so I can catch up <laughs> on it. I, I, the first two that I got were were the uncensored and were much more pleasurable to watch. The last <laughs> the last four and I I know I, I know my episodes nine and ten have the contained mature language. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I know you. Have, so if you haven't even finished the last dance, I know you haven't gotten to Lance Armstrong yet. That's a pretty good no, documentary too. No, I haven't got to Lance or, and Bruce or Lee. Bruce, Bruce Lee this yeah, week. Bruce. Yeah, no, I'm 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 catching up. I also had a problem with my phone. Was not I couldn't get my I couldn't get my DirecTV downloads onto my phone. I finally got that that uh, rectified. So now that's funny. so now I'm able to catch up. But, there you go, man. Good job. Yeah. I, I haven't watched Bruce Lee yet. I I got that recorded, but I I I finished Lance. I'm on to Bruce Lee, uh, so that that'll be interesting to watch. I think this next coming either this week or next week is what uh, Sosa and McGuire. Sosa and McGuire this Sunday, yeah. Yeah, I think it's this week, so that'll be that that'll be yeah. good too. That'll be yeah. good. So see, and I, I before I I was I got the new job I got I, I was I, you I got a new that. job? Well, I got promoted. Well, you gotta tell you gotta tell people that you gotta keep the, the audience. In, what'd you get promoted? I'm gonna tell you my 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 news too. I got some news. Go I ahead. I got promoted to to be my the team manager of the team that I was on, so I went from having these these long lunches where I was able and, and break times where I could just sit around and watch TV on, on those breaks to now <laughs> to now milking it work, milking it. Now I have to work through lunch and do all oh this other God. stuff most of the time, and so that's why I have I haven't, I haven't been able to catch up at work as much as I used to be. Now are you still in Regents Corporate? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh. By the way, I I do have a beef with Regents. These people keep charging me the three dollars a month for the. Uh, paper fee or whatever for the for the statements well then turn the statements off no i've tried where do i i the lady said i could do it on my app and i tried to do it and i couldn't i can't figure out how, where to do it at in the app on the app on the regions app if you go in uh and i literally click, messed around with it for like 30 minutes the other day and i couldn't find the actual place where you could deactivate whatever the paper state where do you where do you go uh let me let me let me let me find for you hold, hold on <laughs> I, I honestly on the app I don't know. I do I, I know you I know how to do it on the how do you on do the on the website? website? You can do it on the website, yeah. How do you, where um, do you do that at? If you go under uh under accounts up in yes. the top left corner, yep. it says online statements. You click there and then from there it's gonna take it's gonna show you it's gonna show all of your statements and you can choose to turn it'll give you the option to turn them off. I mean that three dollars a month, first of all, that's a robbery, by the way, to do that, but I mean, Jesus. Well, the one, the, the reason why is because when when you when you got to print a statement, you got to you got to pay for the paper, the printing, and the labor to put them I, in envelopes I and everything it. else. I get it, man. But so, three, come on, bro, come on, please. You know, as much money as you're making off my accounts by reinvesting my money somewhere else. Reinvesting your money. Yes. <laughs> Using my money for other people's. Yes, absolutely. Okay. By the way, my new my 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 uh, professional news is is such. I don't know if I told. I don't know if I told you this. You I got gotta my tell mo- people. You got to tell I, the right. We haven't had a podcast. I haven't had a podcast since this happened. So I I apologize. I got my mortgage license. Wow. I'm a mortgage nice. lender. I'm a lo- licensed mortgage loan originator. Do do I do you have my phone number? No, I do, yeah, I do have your phone number. Okay, so you could text me this information. You don't have to wait you're, for a podcast. You're right. I could have texted you. I know. I know, but I had to make it breaking news like CNN. So <laughs> about a week and a half ago, I got I took the test, passed the test. So uh, had, had, to, had, had to get robbed by the state of Florida for a couple of fingerprintings for double double, double fingerprintings for a double stinger. But that's okay. 
I'm a licensed mortgage loan originator and will probably have a job announcement here in the next five to seven days of my uh, employment in the mortgage world. So, well, I got three questions for you. Uh, yes. One, when you did the double finger, did you give him the, the did you give him the stone cold Steve Austin finger? No, I wasn't the finger. I had to get fingerprints. I know that's what I'm saying. Okay. Did you get, did you give those fingers? <laughs> yeah, they oh, they make you do every finger, the thumb oh, included. You had, so you, had to, you had to do the roll. They they rolled yeah. your fingers from left to right, right to left. Yeah, it was actually I, pretty. That's the first time I ever had. I actually had to go to a UPS store to do it. And it was pretty cool how they do it, and they just put your finger on a little monitor and yeah. roll them, and it's pretty interesting. Well, I had to have that done when I was at Re- when I first started in Regions as well. Second question was yes. uh, was. Was uh, Big Ray instrumental in your uh, development as a as a mortgage studier? Uh, as a studier, yes. Yeah. Big Ray was very helpful. I give I give Big Ray, our, my man, Big Ray, full credit. He was there to answer questions during the study guides and all that stuff. I made I made many a phone calls and many a text messages to Big Ray <laughs> for some for some assistance in the mortgage uh, in the mortgage learning process. So I give full credit to Big Ray and. Big Ray, one of Big Ray's companies, one is one of my empl- employment opportunities that I am considering, and I think I have one other pretty pretty strong opportunity. So we're going to be having to make a decision here in the next few days. I think I got so a big we, interview tomorrow with a with a place in Tampa. So uh, so, there, so there'll be so, some. Well, that's my third question. What's is uh, are any of these job opportunities may, will outside of the Tampa area? No, they're all going to be based in Tampa. So uh, no matter who I'm. Ray's company's licensed in Florida, for example. So I'll be able to, I'll be able to work in Florida, you know, stay here and work remotely and all that stuff. And, but there might be a Birmingham visit in the near future for a few days for, for some training over, uh, if I, if I make that decision to go with Ray's company, I will have to make a Birmingham visit. So we will be able to have a, uh, a festivus for the rest of us at either a Buffalo Wild Wings or a Jim and Nick's or something. So over you there won't- in the, so you won't come to town and not text me, and then on the way, and then when you get back, say, "Oh, I was in Birmingham." You're not going to do that. No, you you you'll be part you'll be part of the festivities, and I'll, I'll there, there may the be a there may be even a hey, can I stay over at the house one night situation if there's oh. no hotel reimbursement or something like that. Come on, pal, we got we got the room. You have a room. You have a, you have the room downstairs. Didn't the flood happen and all that in there? Oh, we're all good. No, we're we're right. We're in there right now. Okay. Okay. You're downstairs. Okay. Okay. We can throw, we can throw a bed down here for you. Make, now, did okay. you guys get did you guys get hammered pretty good with the tropical storm? Uh, we've been getting some rain. We got rain last night. Uh, yep. We got rain today. I think it's raining right now, and then we got rain tomorrow. And it's supposed to be out of here, but uh, it it was not enough to deter me from putting on my my new hibachi show out on the on the back porch last night. So, oh, nice hibachi fest, huh? Yeah, I got, got the outdoor griddle for the anniversary gift, and have been using it. Uh, had the onion volcano and, and everything going last night. So okay, so when when you're ready to refinance, I expect that call now. Not to Big Ray. Big Ray's got enough business. I need I need I need some help here. Get Pewter started on the right track with a ref, with a nice refi. That nice Hoover Hoover Estate you got over there. You can you can refinance in Birmingham. I'll make it work. Even if we have to go, through, <laughs> even if we have to go through Big Ray, I'll get a I'll get a big chunk of the of the of the of the product of the okay. commission. Cool. I'll keep you in mind when we do that. I'm serious. Rates, uh, rates are great right now, by the way. I know they are. We 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 have been thinking about it. So yeah, give me the call. I'll I'll we'll funnel it through Big Ray, but I'll get a piece of the I'll get a nice piece of that pie. So funnel it through. 
<laughs> and I might even have hell. It might even be worthwhile for me to get licensed in Alabama. I probably would do that eventually if I had some, you know, if I had some more people up there were doing some business. I would definitely do that. So, but uh, see, we both had some breaking news, breaking professional news. See, well, I, I've I thought, been so, I, I, mine. Mine's the kind of old news. I, I got promoted back in March. So, oh, okay. So you <laughs> now you worked through you worked you worked all through COVID, correct? I've worked all through. I actually got promoted the week before uh, the week before no the week of. Uh, four days before they they sent all of our employees, most of our employees home remotely, but uh, but one of my my uh, guys on my team was going to be there the whole time, and I didn't feel right leaving him by himself. So, and I still I had to be there. Oh, so you're in, you've been in the office. I've been in the office. You've been the in the office. Time. Yep, been in the office the whole time. And by the way, your regions people, I got do have to say that I, I had a bad experience at regions about a week and a half ago. So I'm trying to. So I was driving by regions by my mom's house and I had to pull in. I was going to ask about the paper statement fee, basically the $3 stinger that I was trying to get credited. Yeah. So I'm outside the front, I'm outside the front door of the branch and I call the number that's on the front door of the branch appointments only. Yeah, I get that. I, I understand that. <laughs> then I say, you're telling me the person can't, the, the person who's answering the phone says the manager, cause I asked for the manager and said the manager was there. So I'm asking, I'm, I'm like, you can't, you're, you're literally telling me that the person can't walk out of the front door for two minutes and answer a question. No, man. Appointments only, man. I, nothing I can do about that, man. I was like, really, bro? I, I'm, no, I'm literally standing outside the front door when I'm making the call. And the guy's inside answers the, answers the phone, and the, but the manager can't walk out the front door for, for one minute to answer a question. That's, that, that's hot. I am not. Uh, I'm not in the customer service or uh, branch area. <laughs> I, get so I get it, but that's please, please. I bro. can't speak for the entire company. <laughs> I can't speak for for rogue employees. Uh, I apologize. You know what I told. You. you know what I told. Yeah, you know what I, I told the person for on the your phone. Experience though. You know what I told the person on the phone. I said, "Tell your manager you just missed out on a fucking eight hundred thousand dollar loan." Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed. I was right. pissed. Yeah, still no return phone call from that person. Still waiting. So you're not going to be going back to that branch again. Will not over by in Citrus Park by my mother's house. Will not. Not quality. I will. Uh, so what's the what's the appointment deal? When's that ending? Uh, from what I've especially heard, especially when branches, especially when branches all down the street, the same street, the branch a quarter mile down the street, it's a free for all going in and out of there. What at what the Bank branch? of America and all these other places. Uh, uh, from what I've heard, um, is June 29th. That's, okay, so two more weeks. Yeah, that's what that's what I've heard. Um, uh, I don't I don't know that for a fact, but I, I the rumor was that I saw was they were talking about June 29th to open branches back up. But um, and by the way, I'm gonna tell you one more piece of of, of financial news too. So I, I've had a, I've had an Indiana University credit card since 1995 when I went off to IU and all back in the day. 25 years I've had a credit card, right? Right. And there have been many periods of time during that 25 years when there's been a big, you know, when there's been a significant spending and paying off and all. I always paid off the credit cards. Not paying it was never an issue. But in the last few years, I've not used that credit card very much at all, to be honest. What if I tell you after 25 years, my credit card freaking gets canceled for non-use? Yeah. Non-freaking use, canceled. 25 years I had a relationship with this credit card. 25 years gone. Are you effing kidding me, bro? I, then I call I, him. 
then I call them and say, "Hey, what? Hey, bro, what's the deal? Can you not reinstate my card in the in the in the you know credit limit?" No, man, you can you can reapply. You can reapply for a new card if you want. Wow, bro, really? Yeah, twenty five years, bro. <laughs> I'm serious. I ain't kidding. I'm not. I'm laughing at you. I'm I'm, I'm I I've heard that. I was before. pissed. I, I agree with you. I think that's uh, at least send me a letter or something. <laughs> And they, they claim they sent me a letter that's saying, well, if you don't use your credit card by so-and-so or, bro, I mean, if they did, I didn't get it. And if they, I mean. Did they send it to your IU dorm address? <laughs> they did not. I do. It does have the big IU on it. That's the bad part is it's a freaking IU card. I'm looking right at it right now. Who is that? Indiana through? University. Who is that? Uh, Bank of America. Bank of America. So they're all screwing. Yeah. yeah I'm getting, I'm getting keistered left and right by these freaking companies. Yes. Yep. Mastercard. Yeah. There'll be another. There'll be another call here in the next day or two, and I'll be asking for. Hey, give me your supervisor. It'll be. It'll be one of those. As soon as I get through, it'll be get me straight to your supervisor, please. No offense. Supervisor. <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. That's rough. All right. I think we. I think we've had enough. I think we've had enough. We've had some good economic news. We've had some professional news. We've given you some sports news, some personal news, all kind of good stuff. No other, no other news. You, the missus doesn't ha, is not not expecting a new a newborn anytime soon or anything like that. Breaking news. Yeah, if she is, she's yeah, her and that guy are going to have to uh, to really <laughs> take care of it. <laughs> I do have to give a shout out to my boy Big Ray. We were talking about my man Ray Henderson. His his daughter Taylor just delivered their their the, their first child tonight, literally in the last couple of hours. So a shout out to Big Ray. He's a grandfather again up in Birmingham, one of my really good friends. So Big Ray, shout out to you, you and Cheryl and Grambo and Taylor and Kyle, Kyle the Hoover cop. So congratulations, Big Ray. We'll see it. We'll see you soon. We'll see you at the draft. Thanks for the donation once again. <laughs> Hey, big raves and champion. You better make a trade. You better, you better make a, you better make a big eight-player trade with me in week three. Big Ray is the cha- is the defending champs, though. I forgot. I did not. I forgot about that. You're right. He is the defending champ. So I shouldn't say thanks for the donation. That that yeah. only goes to GP. You're that's right. that's the general PA toilet bowl. Vi- Vipers, yeah. Vipers with their third straight championship game, but couldn't couldn't pull it off. Now, have you have you gotten over your venom in the T Town League? I, I I know last there was at the end of last year you were threatening to to quit fantasy football forever and the league you developed and all that. that. Have you, have you settled down on that, on that front? That was three years ago. That wasn't last year. Was it three years ago? That was three years ago. You you were at a, you were at a moment. I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous about you. (laughs) You you were like, fuck this shit. I'm done. You powers. You're so lucky. You, you get every break in the book. You're the luckiest. Let's not, let's You're not the luckiest it. owner in the history. I mean, not, well, you, are, you are a very fortunate owner. You are a very fortunate owner. You do get a lot of the breaks. Luck meets opportunity, brother. <laughs> hey, if I if I wasn't if I wasn't uh, if I wasn't making three straight title game appearances in the other league, I think that maybe I'm just not a good player. But obviously, you can't you can't I can't be can't be winning in one league. <laughs> Losing the other because I'm a terrible player. It's not that doesn't work that way. So, just just uh, Pewter Powers. Pewter Powers will be a Hall of Famer whenever this league ends. 
Pewter will have a banner in the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about that. I well, I I have some news for you. If when this league ends, Uh I I hope I hope that uh, I hope that Caitlin is is ready to put you in the Hall of Fame because because it's because I will be I will be dead and gone before the league ends. So, (laughs) I'll be I'll be I'll. God forbid I retire from the league. If I ever retire, you you that I'll be I, I won't have to wait the five years to get in the Hall of Fame. That'll be an immediate uh, you're not ceremony. There's no retiring. You're right. There is no retiring. I will not retire so unless I'm unless I'm bedridden and unable to tap a button to submit a lineup. I'll be there. Uh, we'll, we'll do it for you. We did uh, on a on a serious <laughs> on a serious note though, and and a and a somber note. Uh, our 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 baseball league that I that I have, uh, we actually lost a member uh, two months ago. Or yeah, two months ago now, who actually passed away. Um, so yeah, it was pretty rough. Who was that? Uh, his name was uh, Michael Martin. He was uh, at Montevallo, and um, met him when I was at DSC. And he he was a original member of the league. Uh, good friends with PV. Um, or not, yeah. Maybe, I mean, good, you know, good acquaintances. They knew each other for a while. Um, <clears throat> all those guys, so rough. Uh, actually, have not even broached the the, the uh, subject since I announced that he had passed away. Uh, of you know, how do you replace a guy? Like, how do you, you know, <laughs> obviously, the league's going to keep going on, but and uh, we've kind of been given a reprieve with no baseball, but it's uh. Whenever they do it, was it expected or sudden? Kind of out of the blue. Uh, he had been in some bad health, but um, uh, I don't think anybody thought he. I mean, he was he was about your age. To be honest with you, was he still working? I mean, does he work? Does he work at Montevallo? He did. He hadn't. He hadn't been working there in the last few months though, because he had right. had been having some health issues. Uh, but last time I talked to him was in February. He had sounded like he was gonna. He was kind of getting on the road to recovery. And then uh, kind of got put back in the hospital and 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 um, didn't make it. So pretty sad, <clears throat> pretty sad. Yeah. But first first time I've ever dealt with that in a you know twenty plus years uh, doing fantasy where he's losing a member. So um, ironically enough, I actually took you- over in a league for a guy that passed away uh, this past year. So uh, in a, in a different league. So all right, last question. We'll get out of here. Have you heard if Chuck's has my man the F fives has his bar opened whatever his brewery is down here? I, I have no Wasn't idea. He building a brewery and restaurant and all that. I mean, I've I actually ran into him probably six months ago. Has that place even? I mean, I don't even know. Is it open yet? Do we know? Can we get an update no, on that? Please? No clue. I will. Uh, I can do a. Where are they now? Yes. Uh, yes. Let's reach out and see if we can figure out if the because I'd like if it is open. I'd like to go visit one day just to see it. Because I know he's spent a ton of time. He moved down here, and he, you know, I'm sure he's been kind of working on that thing for a couple of years. So I was just wondering, has that place open? And if so, what's the name of it? Where is it at? Magnanimous Brewing. is what it sounds like. Okay. What's the? Do we have an address? Uh, hold on. Let me look. Yeah, it opened April eighth of two thousand eighteen in the city of Tampa, Florida. 18, over three, two years. Where? Fourteen twenty North Florida Avenue. Okay, yeah, that's right by the house. That ain't far. What's it called? Magnanimous. Magnanimous Brewing. Uh, Magnanimous Brewing. 
Okay, I need to go. Okay, that's that's right down the street from me. Florida Avenue is ten minutes away. Yeah, you need to look for look for the Mountain Man. <laughs> oh, I oh I've seen him. Trust me, I've ran into him and his girl at a couple places in the last couple years one, at a couple restaurants. So I yeah, he's got the full beard and it's a full it's a full uh, outfit going on over there. For my man, the, <laughs> my man Chuck the F fives. He's cool. always been a good trade partner with the pewter over the years. He, me and him have made some deals. So I'll, I'll def magnanimous brewing. I will make a note of that. Yeah. All right. Well, people, we appreciate it, Mike. Quality work tonight. I know we went a little long, but great work. It'll be a good listen for people on the on the on the podcast. Check us out. Spread the word. We need some more listeners, followers, all that good stuff. Let us know what you think at kick the FB, kick the FB Twitter feed if you want to send us a comment. And we'll see you next time from the Sunshine State. Appreciate it, Mike. See you next time. Thanks, Jason.